exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. In the next hour, we'll guide you through Spartan Sports, your favorite Detroit teams, and beyond. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. What's going on? Welcome in. It's Monday night. It's 7 o'clock, so you can only be on one place, one station, one internet hookup. It's the Spartan Sports Wrap. Big, big show tonight. Alongside Dewan Simmons and Steve Bradikin, I'm Dan Duggar, the host of the Spartan Sports Wrap here every Monday night. Brigitte, she's usually in the building. She's out studying for an econ final she has in the morning. So we put academics first here on the Sports Wrap. But more more importantly, 517-432-3893 is the number. The email, Dan Duggar, D-A-N-D-U-G-G-E-R, at gmail.com. You want to drop a comment, uh, question, anything. Um, if you're shy, go ahead, drop the email. You want to give me a shout. Michigan State has a new women's basketball coach today. Her name's Susie Merchant. She spent the last nine years at Eastern Michigan University. We'll talk about her later in the hour. Also, Big Ten women's and men's golf teams. Ta- Michigan State women's and men's golf teams, pardon me, take home respective Big Ten championships this weekend. In a few moments, we'll talk to Rachel Mickle, who led the Lady Spartans in their victory on Sunday. Also, He's been a guest on this show. Joining us later in the hour will be Matt Harmon. He led the males to a Big Ten co-Big Ten championship down in Ohio. The women were playing right here at Forest Acres, and they won by a landslide. It was tremendous. More than 10-stroke victory for the ladies. So we'll talk to Rachel Mickle, who shot a tremendous round on Sunday to even further the Spartan victory. We're going to Talk women's basketball. Susie Merchant replacing Joanne P. McCauley for the fifth head coach in women's basketball history here at Michigan State. We'll talk about the NFL draft. Yes, Michigan State's own Drew Stanton is a Lion. Clifton Ryan is a St. Louis Ram. Brandon Fields is a Dolphin. And Matt Trannon has signed as a free agent with the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll get to that. We'll see what Dewan Simmons has to say about Drew Stanton. You may not like it, but that's Juan's opinion. And in the last half of the hour, it will be the Rook. We call him the Rook because it was his first year here on the show, but it'll be a wrap for him after this. He is going down uh, to transfer to Purdue, but always a Spartan at heart. He's going to take over the mic for the last half of the hour. So, you know, you got to give you got to give the young fellow an opportunity. So we're going to send him out the right way. So be sure to stick with us as uh, Steve's going to take over the last half of the show when we talk a little NFL draft and we talk a little bit of the NBA playoffs as well. So let's get into the Women's Golf Big Ten Championships here. So we're, we're going to go ahead and break it down. Michigan State Women's Golf, they, were, they hosted the tournament at Forest Acres West all weekend. A great job by all, all parties involved. Um, it culminated Sunday afternoon, obviously. Um, the fifth-year senior, Rachel Mil- Mick- Mickle, who's going to join us shortly here, um, she pays Michigan State to its first Big Ten title since 2001. Um, more importantly... Um, she posted a Big Ten championship record four under par, um, two eighty four on the weekend. Um, so she posted three under par rounds in the four round event. So I believe they played two rounds Friday, one Saturday, and then one on Sunday. Um, so she she hails from Fort Wayne, Indiana, up here golfing, obviously doing well and leading the Spartans to a Big Ten championship. Like I said, Michigan State's first title since two thousand one. 
So joining us now on the Spartan Sports Wrap is Rachel Mickle. Welcome and congratulations. Thank you very much. So what's it like to be the Big Ten champion? <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable. It's it's kind of coming down to reality now that that uh, I'm realizing exactly what we all got a chance to do and and it's <laughs> it's kind of surreal. So being a fifth year senior, obviously this is your last time in the in the Big Ten championships, is this is this the best way you could have gone out? Obviously there's more golf to play, but to end the, the quote unquote Big Ten season, this has to be a great ending for you. It's pretty much a storybook ending. I, I don't think I could have written a script any better than the way that it played out. Um, you dream about stuff like this happening all the time, and coming in as a freshman five years ago, this was what I always wanted to do, and to have the chance to actually do it and, and to have the trophy sitting at home and the medal, it, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Joining us tonight on the Spartan Sports Rep to start things off is Rachel Mickle. She led the Lady Spartans on the golf course to a Big Ten championship yesterday. The first one since 2001. So you shot a Big Ten championship record for under par. What was it about your game that allowed you to shoot so well? Um, the biggest key to, to everything I did this weekend, I think, was my short game. I, I was getting up and down every time I missed a green, and, and I had under 30 putts every round. So I think had that not have happened, I don't think I would have scored near as well as I did. So now you're an all-Big Ten member, second team. You led you you led your team to a Big Ten title. Uh, what other goals do you now have to conclude this season? Uh, our goal since the beginning of the season has always been to make it out of the, the regional, finish in the top eight. Um, of course, we would love to win the regional, but at this point, all that matters is getting out and then to finish in the top ten in nationals. That's that's been our team goal, and that's definitely the kind of the last hurdle for us to overcome at the end of the season. Going into the season. Did, was this possible? Did you guys have this as a goal, winning the Big Ten championship? Was this uh, was this something you guys had written down at the beginning of the season that you wanted to do? Definitely, it's it's been written down since I got here five years ago. <laughs> Every year, this is what we talk about doing. So to do it on our home course with everyone there was was like I said before, it's it pretty much storybook. So like we said, it was played at Forest Acres West. How was it really? a huge factor that you got to play at home or was the course as difficult for all parties involved, all schools involved? Uh, I think the conditions, you know, that's something that everyone has to deal with. But for us, it was, it was pretty big to know our course. I think our course, you you have to play a lot of position golf where you're hitting shots in the right places. Cause there are places out there that if you miss it, you're, you're in serious trouble. <laughs> so um, I think that was big for us, especially since Purdue, was our biggest competition and they had never seen the course before that that was a big advantage so obviously you're wrapping up your senior career tremendously uh, your first collegiate your first place finish is the first of your collegiate career uh what lies beyond your collegiate career um i am actually getting married in august to a former michigan state golfer <laughs> casey luban and um and then after that, I would really love to uh, teach junior golf. I've always wanted to start my own junior golf academy. So I'm going to see what I can do about that this summer and, and try and get that off the ground. So what do you have to train for and what is on your plate now heading into nationals in the culmination of your season? What do you have to do? And what Obviously, you golfed tremendous this past weekend, but what do you have to improve on and what does the team have to improve on to have success for the remainder of the year here? Um, I think for me personally, I, I really need to just keep – maintaining my uh my short game a lot that's gonna be the biggest factor if if uh 
if that starts to go downhill, then scores start to, to go up real quick. <laughs> so just to keep practicing short game a lot, try and get a feel for the greens. Um, and then as a team, you know, all year long we've talked about trying to finish well, and, and uh, we've done drills where we play the last several holes of the golf course over and over again to when it comes down to crunch time that we're, we're scoring par better. Um, so I think that's going to be something that we really need to focus on. And if we can do that, then I think we're going to accomplish everything we wanted to do. Senior Rachel Mickle, she set a Big Ten championship record, finishing four under par to win her first career tournament. She's joining us here on the Spartan Sports Wrap tonight. Rachel, more importantly, you guys led the way. I mean, the men won a co-Big Ten championship, but is it, is it a little extra special that you guys won it outright? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, not to take away anything from the guys, I think that what they did is, is pretty spectacular. And uh, I, But for us to, to come out and and beat Purdue the way that we did, knowing that they were our biggest competition all year round. And, and they had always, every time we'd seen them, they had played really well. And, and uh, it was pretty huge for us to win the way we did. <laughs> okay, you guys ended up winning by 13 strokes. Is, is this, was this just an unreal finish for you guys? Was it just a complete team effort and everyone just played well this entire weekend? Uh, yeah, it was really a, a total team effort. Um, there wasn't, one person out there playing that we couldn't have done it without. Um, you know, Sarah's played well all year long. We couldn't have made it here without her, and Heather really pulled through. And uh, everyone else, I mean, everyone just contributed in some way or another, whether it was their score in a certain time or, or their attitude. or You know, when we're out there on the golf course, everyone always keeps an eye out for each other when you're walking on different holes. So, so- all that combined, it was. It was all meant to be at that point. <laughs> well, so you're going to marry a, Mich- a former Michigan State golfer. Who is the better golfer in that tandem? Oh, me for sure. <laughs> uh, he he gives me a hard time all the time because my record isn't very good against him. <laughs> He's beaten me more times than I've beaten him, but I think uh, I think I would have got him this weekend. Hey, we appreciate your time. Senior Rachel Milkey leads the Spartans to a Big Ten championship at Forest Acres West. Thank you for your time, and good luck in your future. Thank you very much. That was Senior Rachel Milkey. Mickle, pardon me, she led the Spartans with a four-under par. She carded four-under par this weekend. Wow, tremendous. And she medaled as well as won that tournament. Spartans win by 13 strokes. Juan, is that impressive to you or what? Very impressive. Um... That shows what happens when you get, you know, in your home court, back in your own backfield, and you know you're used to the court, and that really benefited them in coming over a win over Purdue. Well, as we speak, we're going to get in touch with Matt Harmon, who led the men to a co-Big Ten championship. Um, They did have a lead going into the final round. They kind of slipped up. Um, They were caught by, I believe, Minnesota and ended up tying for the first time in Big Ten history. But it it was kind of – it's very much so novelty that both the women's and the men's team win, so you have to be very proud if you're if you're the women's coach, um, Stacy Slobodnik Stahl, or if you're Mark Hankins, the men's coach. So joining us in a moment will be Matt Harmon. Uh, you got to be familiar with Matt Harmon; he's joined us on this show before. So now leading his Spartans to the second Big Ten title of his Spartan career is Matt Harmon, and we welcome him now, Mr. Harmon. How you doing? Good. How's it going, guys? Hey, first of all, congratulations on the Big Ten championship. Thank you, sir. So going into Sunday, how did you guys feel, and how was it, and how did, and how was your game feeling going into that final round? Do you were nervous, or you've been there before, and you were just ready to handle business? You know, well, you know, we were all kind of amped up. Uh, 
uh, obviously real nervous because we've set this goal in January to keep working for the Big Ten Championship, and, and here it was right for us to take. So uh, everybody was a little amped up, but we were we were pretty well prepared. So you are ranked in the top 20 of golfers in the nation. So obviously as you're continuing on, uh, you're obviously going to be playing at Nationals representing the Big Ten. So how how is this all boating for your PGA Tour future? You know, it's... Uh, it's really given me a lot of a lot of confidence, and hopefully, uh, I can get some sponsors exemptions if I play well through uh, regionals and NCAA finals. And uh, you know, maybe this summer happen to get a couple uh, events in uh, under my belt before Q school. That would be great. Although Minnesota played tremendous and came back to tie you guys for the championship, it still has to be special. Your senior year. Um, the, the last time out in the in the Big Ten championships to to win it all. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, I talked to those guys last night, and you know, everybody's happy that because I'm the only senior that's uh, playing right now, and so it's just uh, fantastic that I was able to go out on top. I know we were trying to get you on a week ago because back a week ago you had won back to back events. Is is your are you on top of your golf game more than you've ever been in your career right now? Well, yeah, I mean the. Uh, the results are showing that. I mean, there's there's still a long ways to go. You know, I've done everything uh, better than what I'm doing right now, but right now I'm doing everything pretty nice, so uh, there's not anything holding me back. Senior Matt Harmon of the men's golf team joining us now because he led uh, the Spartans to a co-Big Ten championship this past weekend. Matt, where does this rank in, in career wins? Is this right up there with your last title, or is this one more special because you kind of led the way for your team? Yeah, I mean, this one was great. I mean, how many Big Ten championships do you get a win in a lifetime? So to have two, I put those two up there above everything. It's just incredible. What do you have to improve on before you head to Sugar Grove, Illinois, for the NCAA regionals in late May? Well, I mean, even though you know we did, we still won or, or tied for the win. We let our emotions get to us a little bit that last round coming down the stretch. So I think you know if we just uh, keep at what we're doing and, and keep preparing well that, uh, you know, hopefully we'll just focus on the right things and, and be able to get it done at regionals and then hopefully at NCAAs. Obviously you didn't you didn't have a round that you probably appreciated the most, but you bounced back with your second lowest round of the tournament at one over with the 72. Uh, is that just a testament to you just persevering and being able to recover and not letting a bad round affect you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you win some, you lose some. I really didn't play too awful when I shot the 78 in the third round it just uh you know didn't didn't really go my way that round and uh so I just made a few changes and changed my strategy on a few of the holes and it really paid off in the final round all right rumor has it we've had your girlfriend on this very show Sarah Brown <laughs> and we just had Rachel Nickel who's going to be marrying a former Michigan State golfer so what's it with you got with you golfers now it's the, it's the only two couples, I think, ever to date from the men's and golf and women's golf team. It's really uh, it's really nothing. But the funny thing is, is Rachel and Sarah live together. So I just, I'm sitting in the same room as Rachel, and she was just talking to you guys. So I thought that was pretty funny. Outstanding. So uh, who who's the better golfer when you got when you guys hit the course? Say you say you pair up with your girlfriend Sarah Brown. Who what tandem wins? You and Sarah. Or Rachel and, oh, Sarah, and her fiance. Sarah and I dominate Rachel and Casey. <laughs> it's not even a question. Not not there's even a, a question. He says. 
No, not even a question. There's some. We have some good matches. We have a lot of fun. But head to head, who who's gonna win? Go ahead and give Sarah the women's tease. You, you're you're back at the men's tease. Who's gonna win on 18? Oh, I've, I mean, I've got to win. I mean, that's just you can't let her beat. You know, like, you can't let your girlfriend beat you. So, uh, you know, she's she's played well a few times. She's actually beat me once. I'm, I have to admit, but but no, do, but gonna, do you have a hole in one? That's the question. No, I don't have a hole in one. So so she I says she says at age one. she says at age eleven she she hold one do you do you believe her? I mean she says that her dad says it whatever I guess it happens the hole in, hole in one's a lucky shot you know I've hit a lot of good shots close to the hole but to have them go in is pretty lucky. So so that has to be you know quite novelty for you two to both win a Big Ten championship as you're both dating each other so hey man congratulations. All right, thank you very much. Hey, thanks for your time. Matt Harmon, Michigan State men's golf, joining us. He led his respective team to a, to a big co-Big Ten championship split with Minnesota. That's the first split in Big Ten history between the championship of golf. So props to Matt Harmon. And he's dating one of our former guests, Sarah Brown. Um, and I guess they're quite the golf tandem when they, when they go out to the golf course. But we're going to get back and we're going to take a break. But the number is 517 432 3893, the email, danduggar at gmail.com. Be sure to drop a line. It's Dan, Dewan, and Steve in the house tonight. So we'll be back after this quick break. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, you're tuned in to the Spartan Sports Wrap because it is Monday night, and it is 7 p.m. We're on till 8 p.m. You want to squeeze in a call, it's 517-432-3893. If you want to hit me on the email, it's danduggar at gmail.com. That's me alongside Dewan Simmons, City of Detroit. My brother, we had to get in things quick, but what's good, Juan? Oh, I'm going good, man. Just trying to get these finals done. Gr- grinding out the finals? Grinding them out. Got two tomorrow and got one on, on uh, Thursday, and I'm good. And I see you're here while Brigitte has one tomorrow and she can't show up. I see, <laughs> I see where the commitment is, but but this is this it or are you one more week? Uh, I don't know. I th- let's see. That'll be one more week. One more week, and then, more Juan, week. then Juan is done for a long, long time. Yep, one more week. and then I'm... He'll be back in 2008. <laughs> but <laughs> but Juan's on to bigger and better things, working for Hew- Hewlett-Packard yeah. in Boise, Idaho, um, packaging internship. And monetarily, a great move for you, Juan. Meanwhile, Steve, you're out to... Purdue. And obviously, the in-state tuition and, you know, 
that that'll that'll make the move. But you're going to be hosting the show for the last half. Are you? Tell these tell these listeners that you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready, Dan. Steve is ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna give up the reins to him. But more importantly, I gotta I gotta shed some light where so, where sometimes props aren't really given. Um, women's crew. We know last year that we had uh we had a vote like women's athlete of the athlete of the year, men's athlete of the year won. And, and there was in a, I remember that. In, a, in a women's crew member won it. She was an I I gave her I gave her the nomination. She was an all American, outstanding athlete. Um, and more importantly, another outstanding athlete, uh, Rosby Alzek. Her second, she's been voted to the first team All Big Ten for the second time in her career. We're gonna get her on in just a moment. She's gonna she's gonna share what it's all about. Uh, women's crew doesn't really get a, a lot of attention. They they don't get a lot of front page press. They just finished at Big Tens. They finished fourth. Um, but senior Rosby Alzek led her team with the first team all Big Ten honors, and that's the second time in her career. So we're getting we're getting her on the phone shortly. Um, but also, in addition to Roz, um, her classmate, also senior Paula Thomas, junior Joanna Brown, were also named to the all Big Ten second team, and senior Jenna Peters was named Michigan State's sportsmanship honoree. So as we speak, I'd like to welcome in Roz Bielzek to the show. Welcome in, Roz. Hi. Congratulations on being voted to the first team All Big Ten for the second time in your career. Oh, thank you. So, is this something that you expected coming to Michigan State that you would have this much? I know, I know. At the end of the day, it's about the team, but that you'd have this much individual success um, in hindsight of your career. That's that'll end shortly, but obviously not done yet. Um, no, actually, I didn't really expect this at all. I just expected to come into collegiate rowing and give everything that I had, and it just has put this in front of me and I'm very happy that it's I've been I've received several awards but um it is all about the team in the end joining us on the Spartan Sports Wrap tonight is senior Roz Bielzek she's been voted the first team all Big Ten for women's crew for the second time in her career so so explain what it's all about we know you know there's numerous boats you know numerous numbers of of women on each boat you're on the varsity eight um how long is the course um what kind of times are we expecting in you know just kind of explain the sport for us um, varsity eight, we have nine people in the boat, eight rowers, one coxswain who steers the boat. Um, our ultimate goal this year, probably for a time over 2000 meter course, which is about a mile and a half is probably around 620, 615 around there. So six minutes, 20 seconds is our goal. 615, hopefully by NCAAs. So you guys were the two, you helped roll the 2005 boat to a Big Ten championship. So that has to also be a highlight to your career in addition to these two first-team All-Big Ten selections. Um, yeah, Big Ten's my sophomore year was amazing. It was the first time Michigan State has ever won it uh, for rowing. And um, since then, we have learned, though, it's just not all about Big Ten's. It's about um, what comes after Big Ten's and pursuing NCAAs. And last year, you know, a big accomplishment for us is getting sixth place as a team at NCAAs as well. So what's your goal heading into NCAAs now, obviously? Is, is, is NCAAs all you have left on your schedule, or is there also meets in between then? Uh, we do have one more meet left, or one more meet before NCAAs, which is Centrals, which will qualify us for NCAAs. So that's what our, our main focus is right now, is um, putting together a real good solid race um, so we can get a bid for NCAAs. Joining us on the Spartan Sports Rep tonight is women's crew member, senior Roz Bielzak, who led her leads her team on the stroke seat position, and she's a first-team All-Big Ten member for the second time in her career. All right, obviously, crew, not a huge sport at this university, but 
Is it tough having to travel out to practice, obviously, a few miles off campus, and then having to travel back, all the travel time? Is it is it obviously straining on you as a student-athlete here? Um, it can be uh, when um, we have requirements, you know, back on campus, hustling back and forth. Um, if we get stuck in traffic and stuff like that, it, it does um, put a damper on things. And um, But we managed to get through it pretty well. Okay, so with with nationals coming up, what what do you guys have to work on to be successful at the at the national event? Um, right now, we're working on the process that gets us um, the outcome that we want, and um, so we're really working internally within our boat. Um, even though when we race, there's tons of distraction factors, but we're working to keep ourselves internally focused, um, which did lead to a um, pretty good race for us this past weekend, but we still have tons of work to do. So, As for you, you're a senior, obviously graduating this weekend. What, what's your plans for the future? Um, I'll be heading back home to St. Louis, Missouri, um, and attending grad school there. So. All the way from St. Louis, just a quick one. What, why Michigan State? What, what drew you here? Uh, the team, the coach, um, the teammate, the team atmosphere, um, the academic support that Michigan State had. No other university quite had it like Michigan State does. And obviously, in, in hindsight of your career, not over quite yet, but you have, you have to be pleased with yourself. Uh, two selections to the first team All-Big Ten in a Big Ten championship ring on your resume. Um, yeah, but it's fantastic. And um, couldn't have asked for a better collegiate experience. Hey, we thank you for your time, and we wish you the best of luck at Nationals. All right, thank you. Rosby Alzac, women's crew. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, the Rook will take over the reins in just a few moments. We're going to talk a little women's basketball, and then I will hand things over to Steve, and he'll wrap he'll wrap the show up for us. But if you want to drop a line, it's 517-432-3893 or danduggar at gmail.com. I'm alongside D1 Simmons, City of Detroit, and the Rook. Hit us up, 517-432-3893. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Rep. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back into the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to Dan Duggar and the crew. We're on every Monday night as the Rook is cracking up over here. He's going to get the shot at hosting the show for the last, what, maybe 20 minutes if you keep behaving yourself over here, cracking up in studio, we'll be we'll be all right. But more importantly, today Michigan State hired a new head coach. It's second head coach in the past what eight months that we've hired of a major program. I mean, every program's major, but 
we're talking top four program here, Michigan State women's basketball. Susie Merchant, she was at the Univ- at Eastern Michigan University. She's 37 years old, relatively young, but obviously in a position like this, it's not bad to have some youth and exuberance. She spent the last nine season at, seasons at Eastern. Um, her record there, 147-91. and 91. The math reads a winning percentage of 618. Um, among those seasons she spent at Eastern, three of those were 20-win seasons, and she had three postseason appearances, um, two MAC titles. So obviously coming from the MAC, um, some other great coaching names ring a bell coming from the MAC to the Big Ten. Bo Schembechler was a coach, but obviously I'm not going to put Susie Merchant in that same category yet. <laughs> obviously she has the potential, and she and she has the drive to do it. Um, she was introduced today at a 3 p.m. news conference. And uh, so some interesting bites, Juan. Uh, um, five, here's the contract. Five years rolling, 225 a year, so 225000 a year plus incentives. So obviously you, you're getting a, a decent coach. You know, she has to prove herself here. Right. Coming from the MAC, I'm not, I'm not going to bag on her. I don't know her. She seemed like a great, great woman today when I met her. She's married um, with an infant son, um, 225 a year plus incentives. So obviously – uh, you're getting a bargain here in comparison to Joy P. McCauley, so you can save some of that money that you have to pay Tom Izzo every every <laughs> every, every so often. Um, relatively young, but but do you see this as the right hire now? Uh, sure, I, I don't see what's wrong with it. She's a, she's a local girl, uh, grew up in Michigan. You know, had a lot to do with Michigan athletics. Began her coaching career at Oakland University, so she's in tune with Michigan athletics. That would probably help out a lot with in-state recruiting. Um, as far as like her age, you know, some people say 37 is kind of young, but I think that gives her a better chance to re- to re- to um excuse me to relate <clears throat> to relate to some of the athletes, uh, you know, what they're going through nowadays. So I think it'll be a good transition. She'll bring a new style, a new flair, a new presence to to Michigan State University. Obviously, the administration making the decision just two weeks after Joanne P. McCauley left uh, for the position at Duke. Here, here's the situation with with coaches. Uh, Merchant today hinted that she would like Anne-Marie Gilbert, the black um, assistant coach that was with us before Samika Randall left, and she stayed. So that is, that's Anne-Marie Gilbert. Not many are familiar with the women's staff, but she it seemed like she wanted Anne-Marie Gilbert to stay, and then she would figure out her the remainder of her coaching staff um, as, as time went along. But she stressed that the most important job for her to do right now, and tell me if you agree, is is to get to know her team. Obviously, I'd say that's an elementary answer of yes. Right, without a doubt. Um, she needs to get a feel for her players' strengths and weaknesses so they can work on that this summer and try to get some kind of cohesion because the last thing that you will want is the team to be isolated from the coach. It's important that they all work together as a unit. And to do that, she has to actually hang around the players, um, learn some of their personality traits, uh, because you can't treat every player the same. Some players take constructive criticism well, some don't. Some take being yelled at on the spot good, some would rather be pulled to the side. So it's the small things like that that you really need to, to get a grasp on from being around each other. And I think that we need to start that now. Although you can say her age, 37, she's not ready for an elite Big Ten program like Michigan State. Um, but if you look at her resume, she has been a head, a head coach for 12 years. So she was a head coach at age 25. You think about Pat Summit head coach at Tennessee, she began her head coaching career at a similar age. So I'm not going to put those two in the same nutshell either, but when you look at her resume, she had the trust of an athletic department at Saginaw Valley State to be hired at age 25, where she spent, I believe, uh, three seasons at Saginaw Valley State 
And I'm going to stick on that topic for a minute. While she was there, she expressed this today in interviews. When she went on the road recruiting, she took a tent in her car and she would camp at campgrounds near the towns of recruits that she was recruiting. How impressive is that? That's too impressive for me. I mean, that's just unfathomable that a coach would go to that extreme and actually try to get talent to their program. That shows dedication and commitment. So obviously, 37 years old. Are you are you going to say too young, or do you think it's the right youth and exuberance that we're going to bring to this program? I think it's just right. Um, it's not so much your age, but more so your experience. If you have someone who's been around the game, who's played the game, and she's been head coaching since she was 25, 12 years experience is a decent amount of experience if you're going to make that jump to a big league program. Most coaches now who, who will say is older, who's 45 to 50, if you look at their coaching records, some of them may have been assistants for six to eight years and then been a head coach for 10 to 12 years. So it's roughly the same. I mean, she's, she's in tune with the game. I, she has a good grasp of what's going on. She turned Eastern Michigan around and started to help put them on the map. So I don't see why she wouldn't walk into this program and take the reins and do the same thing. Obviously, you can't complain with this pick because you, you look at the type of atmosphere that this administration at Michigan State is trying to build. You look at Mark D'Antoni and you look at the family aspect of that hire. You look at the commitment aspect of that hire. And, and you, when you look at a community like Michigan State, somewhat of a rural, rural community around here, family is, is a big is is key here when you can look up to the podium and see Mark D'Antonio with his wife and two daughters and you look and you see the new women's basketball coach Sir Susie Merchant with her husband who used to play football at Central Michigan so obviously an athlete himself and so that's where Susie Merchant played her high school or college ball pardon me she played her high school ball in Traverse City so grown you know born and raised right here in Michigan just two out two and a half hours three hours away uh, Traverse City Michigan she played on scholarship at at Central. From Central, she went. She was an assistant at Oakland University, or pardon me, Saginaw Valley, and then Oakland, and then she found her found her way to Eastern Michigan, where she was for the past nine years. So she took over a Mid American Conference school at the age of twenty eight. So that's impressive, but at the same time, that's ambitious. Right. So it seems to me that she's a go getter, and, and the and the one thing that really impressed me is that. When asked about this job, she said this: she wants this to be her last job. So she, want, she wants to end it here. So obviously she's going to have to have some success. And when I say success, I'm talking the national title, final four appearances. She, she's going to have to get there. Obviously she stressed that first things first, get to know the players. I think that is key. And, and many people I spoke to today said that that's one of her qualities, is that she's very personable. She gets to know her players. There's a bond of trust there. And obviously, that's crucial if you want to be a successful program. But Susie Merchant, she's going to be the new, she is the new head women's basketball coach. Five years, two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year, plus incentives. Obviously, making the NCAA tournament, I'm sure national championships. But people say that she is just a tremendous recruiter. And when she tells the media that she camped out in a tent at a KOA campground in Iowa. To, in a small town in Iowa to, to go take a look at a young woman and recruit her to, to, to go to her school where she was coaching. Just tremendous commitment. And obviously obviously now she's going to have a luxurious budget for recruiting. Um, but we're looking at the recruiting class coming in, I'm sure that, that's that's 1B on her list. Right. Call those recruits. Get in contact with them. You know, say, stick with us. You know, we've got a solid program here and we want to move forward. She did say she has seen four of those five recruits play so I'm sure she recruited them as well, you know, gave them the Eastern pitch. But, you know, when you're a solid recruit, you get a letter from Eastern Michigan. It's kind of like, eee. But obviously now she's got more more swagger, I hope, 
with the Spartan on her chest, but not changing colors necessarily. Eastern Michigan, clearly green and white, to the green and white of Michigan State. And she's just so thrilled to be here. And I, and I think that when someone says this is their dream job and that, that they wanted it so bad, I think that alone is going to motivate her uh, to, to be successful. But we welcome Susie Merchant, uh, the women's head basketball coach here at Michigan State. We're going to try to get her on in the weeks to come. She's tremendously busy today, whirlwind. She's been all over the place, so we're going to try to get her on in the weeks to come. She's going to be busy moving into her new office, handling things, getting to know her players. So we're going to get her on in the weeks to come, along with former Michigan State men's head basketball coach Gus Kanakis. I'm trying to get in contact with Gus as we speak. I talked. He talked with us earlier in the year, talk, expressed his interest in coming on, talking about his coaching career. So we're going to go ahead and try to get Gus on in the next few weeks, as well as numerous Michigan State football and basketball players. So you're going to want to stick around for that if you're going to be in town, if you guys are studying for your finals. Study hard. We're going to take a quick break. But when I come back, it's not going to be me. It's going to be Steve, and he's going to be hosting the Spartan Sports Wrap for the first and, unfortunately, final time of his career. But we're going to give it up to him for the last 24, 23 minutes of the show. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, it will be Steve Bradikin hosting the Spartan Sports Wrap. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Smoking Helpline. Yes, I need to start smoking right away. Excuse me? I need to start smoking. Well, actually, it's the Stop Smoking Helpline. The people in the apartment next to mine smoke three packs a day, and it drives me crazy. So I'm thinking four packs will do it. I think you want MySmokeFreeApartment.org. It gives you the information you need to work toward a smoke-free apartment building. A smoke-free building? Without all that? smoking uh yeah that's right make your apartment smoke free without making a stink mysmokefreeapartment.org when you get up in the morning and turn on the radio you don't want to hear those other guys talking on your way to work do you you don't want to hear talking you want to hear music so here at the impact we are making you a promise we're calling it the more music mornings 89 second play We, the Impact Pledge, that every weekday morning from 8 to 10 a.m., we will shut up and play music. We pledge that we won't talk for more than 89 seconds at a time, meaning more music all morning long. We pledge that every caller who requests a song between 8 and 10 a.m. Monday through Friday will be entered to win a great Impact prize. And we pledge that in return for your listening to us, we will listen to you and play more music that you want to hear. So tune into the Impact for more music mornings. Let us know what to play, and maybe you could win some cool stuff. Only here on 88.9 The Impact. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. This is Stephen Bradkin, co-hosting, sitting in for Dan Duggar, on the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 8.9 FM. Uh, we've just talked to women. We've talked about women's golf, women's basketball, men's golf, women's crew, all about Michigan State. But right now, we're going to go to the pros. And Dewan, what are you thinking about Golden State being up 3 1? Against Dallas, do you think first, Dallas why, have first a of all, why why you why you got to hate? I, all right, I gave up my seat for Steve. It's his last show here, so I'm showing him some love. But why you got to hate on my Dallas Mavericks right out the gate? Okay? Right out the I, I, give, out the I gate. give you, I give you the reins, and you go, you go ahead, and you and you, you got to call out the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not okay? hating. They're down, they're down three one. But I'll get, you know, give it the synopsis. 
All right, all right. Starting off top, um, the Golden State Dallas series is a very inter- interesting series for me. You know, it's been very entertaining. It's high tense. You know, a lot of a lot of good plays, good basketball, just just overall. Um, like Jay Rich. Like Jay Rich. You know, but but no, the the Warriors are are causing a lot of trouble for the Dallas Mavericks on a lot of different levels. They're they're playing the small ball with the speed and athleticism at the perimeter, and and Dallas right now just don't have the athletes or the athleticism to to keep up with them. Um, they have no answer for Baron Davis right now. He's the best player playing right now in the league. Um. It's just like they make big shots when they need them. They're they're pulling together as a unit. Uh, Don Nelson said just yesterday that you know he he's willing to cut the rotation down to six men now if if if, if Ellis and Al Harrington don't get their act together. So I mean they're just gritty guys who are playing basically pickup style ball, running gun. Everyone guards everyone, cover for everyone. Everyone makes open shots. So. It's just they're just flowing right now. They're just in a groove, and and that's the risk you run. That's like that's why they play the playoffs. So Dan, do you think uh, Dallas has a chance to come back? All right, here's the scenario: Dal- if Dallas comes back and wins, Dirk Nowitzki is going to be the MVP. I know we'll get to the MVP talk later, but if we can get Dirk, if we can get Dirk going, okay, when Josh Howard's leading the team in rebounds and points, and during the regular season, Dirk Nowitzki leads the team in rebounds and points. If you're a true MVP candidate, you got to you've got to go ahead and lift your team. Devin Harris has to play better and make better late game decisions and throwing the ball away. But to, to me. Golden State is playing really good, but in the back of my mind, it's kind of flukishly good. Okay, that that they're playing that good. I, we haven't seen it all year. A team that finished what five hundred, five hundred, and barely got they, into the they're playoffs. They're trying to pull like one of the one of the third or fourth upset of eight over one in the NBA playoffs. In the but they had a lot format. of injuries, and they had made that midseason trade for Jackson and Harrington. So uh, they're better than their obviously. Eight I think. I think Jackson. It, this he has embraced his role. He has kind of shed that that old man, that that dirty player. He's still a bum though off the field. Oh, okay, <laughs> off, off, okay, off the court, you know he's gonna. Steve's gonna go ahead and you know, do what say, Steve say, does. Say what he says, uh, but but when you look at Golden State, you, you you as a Spartan, you still gotta have love because Jay Rich is is just balling. Baron Davis. All of a sudden, his nickname's B. Diddy. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't understand that, but you, you got to give it up. Golden State's playing well, but but at the end of the day, I think Don Nelson is out coaching Avery Johnson. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, Nelson definitely has Avery's number right now. He doesn't. If you look at his face, he doesn't really know what to do. He's not really um, as sure about his his personnel switches and his substitutions. He's less hesitant to run those traps and, and defensive variations that he ran throughout the whole season that, that got them on those 17 and 18 game streaks. But above all that, to go back to what Dan was saying, the whole series falls on the shoulders of Dirk Nowinski. If Dirk's not going to step up and play to his capability, you know, the Mavericks are a lost cause. They go as he go. I know last game, if, if you all got a chance to see it, they had to look on and depend on Jerry Stackhouse to carry them for a solid portion of that game, coming off the bench with 24, 26 points or whatever it was. Dirk needs to step up, stop shooting all those fallaway jumpers that he that he takes and start getting to the rack, getting yeah. to the foul line. He's a fantastic you know, free throw shooter and, and make that happen. Yeah, he needs to post up because they don't have a lot of big guys in Golden State. Uh, so do you guys think Dallas is going to come back? Okay. Yes or be- no? Because of, because of certain reasons. <laughs> I, I guess I'm going to say Dallas is coming back because I, I predicted them to win the NBA title at the beginning of the year. So I'm going to go ahead and say Dallas comes back. Dirk Nowitzki balls out. He ends up stealing the MVP from Steve Nash because I think right now, tonight, the MVP is in Nash's hands because of Unfortunately, Isn't it a regular season title? Regular season award? MVP? Have they named it yet? 
Have they, named, have they named the MVP yet? This it's like the it's like the NBA draft. The most recent performance is going to stick in the minds of voters. And when Nash drops twenty three dimes in Phoenix's blowout win over the Lakers, that's going to sit fresh in, in in sports writers' minds and those who vote. While Dirks is getting his butt kicked, possibly going by, fishing and possibly early, possibly going back to Germany a little bit early. Right. Um. To me, I'm I'm just a fan of good basketball, so I, I can't really knock Golden State, you know, or knock Dallas. I like both of them, but honestly, I would rather see Dallas win for just this simple reason. Dallas overall is the better team, and if you're talking about the playoffs, if someone ever actually sat down and figured the Warriors out, it wouldn't be a series anymore. They'll get ran out. Like Dallas has more versatility, and when they pull it together, they're more consistent. So it will make better basketball in the end. Like I'm not a big fan of. Teams who pull together, play real, real good, you know, one series, and then when they get to the next round, just get blew out by 30 points every game, you know. I don't want to see that happen. I know Dallas would make a more competitive series for a fan like me who likes good basketball. Yeah. A, I think, having Golden State winning, you're going to see Jessica Alba a lot more. That's a fact. That's not a bad thing. But I think Dallas is going to come back. They're win game five at home. Game six, all the pressure is going to be on Golden State. Absolutely. They have to win at, at Game 6, and if they don't, it's Dallas' series, and I think they'll come back because I think the better team's going to win. Yeah, that's the thing about the seven-game series. It puts a lot of pressure on, on the better teams to actually win the series, and if they get back, you know, they win Game 5, which I'm pretty sure they will. If Golden State doesn't get that Game 6, you know, back, back in San Fran in the Bay, it's going to be real difficult for them to walk into Dallas and win Game 7 at home against a team who's going to be all cylinders firing and accustomed to playing that loose style that the Golden State Warriors play. No doubt. All right, sticking with the NBA playoffs, we're going to Detroit. They beat Orlando four games to zero. They beat Darko, who was from here. They beat Dwight Howard. They beat Grand Hill, who was from here also. Do you think Detroit's going to win the NBA title? Um, Detroit has a, they have a solid chance. I mean, you can make an argument. I still believe the Western Conference is the better conference. I, I believe the champion is going to come from the Western Conference just because they play better competition throughout the year. There'll be, there'll be more game, but, um, the Pistons have, have to me a, a solid team. Um, they have one of the best benches in the entire league. Antonio McDyess was a strong candidate for six man of the year, even though it went to Barbosa. Um, but the Pistons that have that solid core unit, though, you know, they play together well as a team. Um, the plays benefit each other very well. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is the lack of Ben Wallace. Um, Chris Webber is terrific on the offensive end. He throws fantastic passes, and he adds to the whole charisma and fitting of the team. But that defensive stopper that Ben Wallace was that you need in the playoffs. Like, that was one of the biggest reasons the Bulls was able to do what they did this series to the Heat was that defensive presence that he brings to that team. Okay. So do you think we'll win against the Bulls? Because they have Luol Deng, who's playing lights out, Ben Gordon, who's playing amazing, and Kirk Heinrich, Heinrich, who can shut down any one or two. Okay, Kirk Heinrich cannot shut down any one or two. You better take <laughs> He shut down D-Wade. You, you better take and he the, shut okay. down him last okay. year. Uh, D-Wade run, running on gas. D-Wade who's, who's about to have shoulder surgery. Okay, so clearly not everything going for D-Wade, who said at one point in his, in his comeback, a couple, couple back, back few weeks that you know I can't even dunk anymore because right. my knee's hurting. So knee, shoulder, plus he's on fumes. Okay, Kirk Heinrich is not defender of the year here in the NBA. <laughs> well, no. But I'll tell you what, the Detroit Pistons are, are going to beat the Bulls. I, I, I don't think that's a question. I think it'll go five, maybe six games. I think the Bulls also the Bulls are playing tremendously well. The X factor is going to be uh, Rasheed Wallace against Luol Deng. I think 
He's going to have to step out and guard Luol Deng, shut him down. Tayshawn can't guard Luol Deng? Tayshawn, now if you want to talk about a shutdown defender, I know it's kind of, you know, a stigma. Oh, Tayshawn Prince, everyone says he's a lockdown defender, but look at his size. The guy's 200 pounds soaking wet, six foot nine length. He may be a little bony, but he, he can shut people down. I think, like, that'll be a nice matchup, too. But right now, the be- the team that I think is the strongest chance of winning it all is, is Detroit. Phoenix plays no lick of defense. It's the first team to 130. And, and I think at the end of the day, Detroit's NBA Finals experience will pay off. Yeah, the Pistons have a good shot. Like I said, you can make a good case for them because they're definitely the pride of the East. I don't I don't see them running into any real bumps in the Eastern Conference unless they play New Jersey. That might give them a little bit of difficulty for the conference finals. But as far as the Bulls, I mean, they match up better with the Bulls than, than the Heat did. Like, they have the, the length on the wings. They could put Tayshaun Prince on Luau Dang. They have that experience. Chauncey Billups is going to cause a lot of problems for whoever guard him with his size down low be able to put him on the block. Um, their transition defense is so much better than Miami Heat. Um, they're not dependent on one player like Miami Heat is uh, as far as Dwayne Wade. Their ball handling is so much better. Their spot-up shooting is so much better. So uh, the Pistons are definitely a better team. Um, ben Wallace definitely said he's going to rally the troops because he wanted a shot at the Pistons. So we'll see how that falls. But I have to agree with Dan. I don't see it really getting past Game six, I'll, I'll be shocked. Go ahead and put Kirk Heinrich on Rip. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, he'll chase him around, but, I mean, Rip is going to be Rip. It's no defender who could actually stay with Rip just for the fact that his conditioning and all those screens, I mean, anyone who's ever played knows that those screens really, really, really slow you down. And he doesn't need more than one step, and he's firing, and there's nothing you can do about it. So the best you could do is just fight through him as best you can. Uh, Heinrich will definitely try his best, but at the end of the day, it's just too much experience is going to get the Pistons over the top. So why can't the Cavs beat him since they took him to seven last year? And now we don't have Ben Wallace, and Cavs have another year with LeBron James. Well, the thing about the Cavs is um, they're good, but I just think they're too dominant or too dependent, I should say, on, on LeBron James. I, I don't think their role players can compete with the Pistons. The Pistons beat a lot of teams off their seventh and eighth man into the game. It's not just the starting five or the core unit, Chauncey Billups or Rasheed Wallace. It's, it's those actual guys who come in, like Delfino, who plays spot minutes, who McDice who hit those sideline, baseline jumpers. It's, it's the small things that add up for the Detroit Pistons that they get that victory. And I don't see the Cavs having that death throughout there to, to compete with them. All right, well, we'll take a short break. And we'll talk about the NFL Draft and the Lions. This is Impact 89 FM, and this is a Sports sports Bash with your host, Stephen Bradekin. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sit or Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. 
You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. This is the Sports Wrap. I'm sitting in for Dan Duggar on Impact 89 FM. We just talked about the playoffs with Detroit and Dallas, and now we're hitting it to the NFL Draft. Uh, If you don't know already, Calvin Johnson did come to the Detroit Lions, and I think he will be one of the best receivers coming out right now. He will be a pro bowler, perennial pro bowler, 10 years. I think he's that good. What do you guys think, Dan? All right, first of all, I hand over I hand over the reins of my show for Steve on the last day. What is it what does he call the show? The the sports sports bash. the sports bash, okay? Okay, no bashing here. Okay. A lot of people are going to go ahead and bash the Lions picking Calvin Johnson and saying, "Oh, the fourth receiver in 5 years, you know, you have to build you have to build from the inside out, starting with, you know, let's see a left tackle, one of right. the most valuable pieces on a football field, protect the backside of a right-handed quarterback, clearly." Um, but Calvin Johnson, I think he's a stud. Anytime you have a six-five receiver that runs four-three-one, um, I think is tremendous. And you look at a, a championship teams; they're all they all have great receivers, and I think that's a key. And and they they made the right move by picking Drew Stanton at forty-three. I think Miami really fumbled by not drafting Drew Stanton at forty. Uh, New England they won three Super Bowls. They didn't have a great receiver. They didn't have great receivers. No. Oh, okay. Then who? Then who? Then who? Then who caught, then who caught the ball downfield for Tom Brady? Dewan Simmons, Deion Branch. They're, they're not good receivers. Troy Brown. He's not a great receiver. They they're solid. Made any they catch the ball. So any receiver can catch a ball in the NFL. Um. Well, Matt Trannon was signed today by the Arizona Cardinals. He wasn't drafted. But but obviously he'll I think he'll earn his way onto a, on a spot. But th- you have to have talented receivers that can get past coverage. And when you're when you're in a system like like New England and you're going to be throwing the ball, teams are going to be ready for that and they're going to be dropping into cover twos and in deep zones to to prevent the pass. And obviously, Tom Brady's solid, but you have to have someone on the other end to make the grab. Duan, what do you think about Calvin Johnson coming to the lines? Uh, I think it was a good pickup. Uh, he was hands down the best player in the draft. Um, unlike the previous receivers that they've drafted, the gift set and skill set that he has is it's not really common. It doesn't really come along that often. Um, to have his size, his speed, his strength, athleticism, hands, all of that, the ability to adjust to the pass, his route running, all the little intangibles is, is in place for this guy. And it's, it's not a guy you can really pass on him. He's definitely going to be a cornerstone receiver. He can stretch the field. He has the size to play the slot. You could use him for possession as a as a game breaker. Um, he, he could do it all. So it's one of them things that you can't really pass on, no matter how many receivers you have taken previous to him. When that one great player or possibly great player comes along with that skill set, you have to take him. You can't pass on him. So I completely agree with the pick. Um, if I was there and I was drafting, I would have done the same thing. This is a sports wrap. This is the Rook, Stephen Bradkin, sitting in for Dan Duggar. Uh, if you want to give us a shout-out, call 1-517-432-3893. Come on, you never call for Dan, so call for me. Maybe I can get a call. Haters stepping in my <laughs> seat. Hey, it's all right, you know. We'll see if people call. What call, am I going to do, get go fired? Ahead, go, ahead and call, go ahead and call for Steve. It's his last day. We'll see if you have faith in Steve, if you like him better as a host. 517-432-3893, a little bit of a contest here. But So I have to, I have to bring this up to you, Steve. You're, set, you're the host for these last five <laughs> minutes. Drew Stanton, good or bad pick for the Lions? 
I think it's a good pick in the second round, but I don't think it's a good pick for the Lions. He's going to still have pressure being from uh, Michigan State and close to Detroit. I think if he would have gone somewhere else, he wouldn't have had the pressure of being a local kid. But he, I think he can still be a decent quarterback playing back up and maybe get some starts later in his career. Do you think later in his career, how long till he starts in Detroit? I don't see a year in a year, year and a half behind Kitna. Yeah, he's not going to start this year. He oh, definitely yeah, should. Obviously, he's going to learn the offense. Yeah, but but so you do you would you rather have seen him gone to to Miami at forty instead of that other quarterback they took from like BYU? Uh, that supposedly that BYU quarterback's pretty good, so I wouldn't know. All right. Well, obviously Stanton, Stanton had his injury problems, and he was hampered by uh, poor coaching, you could say, uh, hampered by receivers who were. Dropping know, balls. High expectations, subpar performances. Um, but obviously he was a product of his environment somewhat, but then I think once he got out got healthy, he proved what he could do. The, what, fourth quarterback taken? And I mean, when you're the fourth quarterback taken, you're still solid. He was yeah. drafted in the second round. Drew Rosenhaus is going to get this kid's all type of, all types of money in an island or something. And endorsements, yeah. So, so Drew Stanton will be fine. How about Cliff Ryan to the Rams? Good, bad pick. Cliff, fifth-round pick. About right? Uh yeah, I see it's about right. Um, he had a shaky, somewhat senior year. He was hampered by injury towards the end, and and I think just the losing aspect of of the Spartans and and you know the late November that they have here just definitely hampered a lot of a lot of the draft picks here and and where they actually fail because if you're if you're a prospect if you're a, well if you're a scout and you're looking at prospects you know you want to pick guys from winning programs and and winning facilities you're not really um, looking at teams who constantly lose to, to get guys, they tend to become back burners. So if they actually won out, I think he would have went a little higher. But, you know, he's he's a gritty guy. You could definitely put him in the trenches. He'll hold his own. You know he's a proven competitor. So it's a solid pickup for the Rams in the fifth round. Um, I don't really see him going much higher than that. You know, I mean, it, it was a solid pickup. I, I think he'll fit in well. He won't have to come in and just start at D tackle because D tackle is one of the shortest positions in the league. A lot of a lot of the D tackles only play eight to ten snaps and they're rotated out. So he'll get experience under experienced guys and I see him making an impact. That's what I like about him. He doesn't have much of an ego for a defensive player. Uh Matt Trannon did not get drafted but he did sign with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh do you think that he should have played basketball? All right, obviously, in in hindsight, you can say, yeah, because then he could have, one, had an excuse to why he didn't perform as well at the Combine, saying, I just came off of a basketball season where we advanced, you know, hypothetically, if he was on the team, to the second round and lost to North Carolina. Right. And, you know, I'm in basketball mode, not football mode. But, you know, then again, he says in interviews that he made the right decision. I mean, it's arbitrary. I'm not mad training. I can't make that decision. Yeah, I mean, it, you could play both sides of the story. You could say he plays basketball and takes the Antonio Gates edge and, you know, they'll ride him out and say, well, the kid just played basketball, look at his versatility, his athleticism on the court, blah, j blah, and, and, you know, he gets drafted high. Or he could have did like he did now and took the whole offseason off and tried to get healthy and work on those small things he needed to improve on. But, I mean, if he's comfortable in what he did, I mean, I'd take it, take it and ride. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad to see that, you know, the tallest guy in the draft, Michigan State's all-time leader in receptions, you know, doesn't actually get drafted. and It has to sting a little bit. But at least he's picked up and, and hopefully he can make an impact for the Cardinals who have a terrific receiving core. And Bolden and Fitzgerald. Uh, I'd like to thank Dan for letting me sit in for him. 
This is the sports wrap and hey, anytime. Obviously, no one called, so <laughs> you lose, and I'll be and I'll be back in my re- I'll be back in my regular hosting seat next week. Don't worry. Well, after this, it will be Jeff Shoop with the Jazz Spectrum, and I'd like to thank everybody here at Impact. And I am off to Purdue next year. This is Impact Eight Nine. Oh, See you later. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.